podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. This is episode nine and of course it is jam-packed for you. We've got a breakdown of this weekend's game just gone as we once again summoned the Devils to the Riverside. We've also got the coach's thoughts, the return of hit of the week, a drop-in on the academy results. We've also got a Warriors match report from Harriet Andrews as the Haringey Huskies visited the Riverside on Saturday night. And we've got a couple of signings to announce as well. Both returnees to the Chieftains. Uh, Ethan Reid has rejoined from Raiders in the National League. And forward Matty Turner has dipped his stick back into the hockey pool after retiring in April 2022. Uh, Matty is back mainly as injury cover though. Uh, We've also added another player to the injury roster this weekend. But we did see the return of Ross Clark to the ice. So that's good news as well. Uh, we've got a couple of guests in this episode as well. We'll be talking to young Chieftain and Warrior number 74, Chris Beckett. And I'll also be talking to Chieftain's legend, former captain, 26, Julian Smith, to see how he's getting on with life after hockey. Uh, but we will start with the game last night, Chieftains versus Devils. Crowd at the Riverside built slowly as, of course, England's football team were in World Cup action, but after a slow influx at the start, it ended up being quite a good attendance. Also welcoming, welcoming quite a few players and coaches from Chelmsford Hockey Club as their young players came to witness their sport played on ice. The first period started with the Chieftains pushing the Devils back into their own defensive zone, the home side intent on not allowing history to repeat itself. And after 6 minutes 15, TJ Fillery took a penalty for high sticks and Solent, for the first time in the game, applied the pressure. It was cut short when Mark Pitts took two for slashing on 7 minutes 10, and for a minute we had four on four. Luca was keeping nets after his performance for the Warriors last night, which also meant Sasha Moltsev was getting plenty of ice time, and there was definitely evidence that the Lions may well be very close to what we've all been waiting for. Despite plenty of first period pressure, the buzzer sounded at nil-nil. Into the second and the tension was palpable between the teams but it was the Chieftains that had the initiative and on 24-10 good work from TJ Fillery fed Dan Hitchings and his rocket shot was tipped in by Kieran Rayner and the Chiefs had their deserved leave. Solent dug in desperate not to get caught cold and two minutes later Grant Bartlett dented the pipes with a howitzer from just inside the blue line but with seconds to go in the second Alex Murray intercepted a loose defensive pass and finished with a top-shelf pass Luca Tassadri for 1-1 at 39.07. Into the third, and again it was Chieftains applying the pressure, but Chico Cole was having an inspired evening and plenty of bodies were being put on the line. Same said for the Chieftains with Luca Tassadri, Neil Lydiard, Dan Fay, Dan Hitchens and the return in Ethan Reid putting in stellar defensive performances. However, madness ensued after Rayner was given two for, from what we heard, for kneeing at 42-42. And on the power play, as the Devils were pressing the Chiefs' goal, Luca Tassadri's left skate through its blade, leaving the young netminder helplessly flailing on the floor, but, and the bench shouting to the refs to make them aware that our goalie was out of commission. But a shot from Drew Campbell deflected off of Liam Coleman and rolled in, giving the Devils the lead on 44-24. 
The Devils finished the game on the penalty kill and the Chiefs with an empty net trying to force overtime, but it wasn't to be and Solent made it 3-3 three and three against the Chieftains this season. Final chance for revenge against the Devils is at Planet Ice Gosport on January the 28th. I think the lads were very unlucky in their performance. Performance warranted more and the two goals conceded were the only defensive error and a total freak occurrence. So, rather unlucky there. So let's get Mark Saunders' thoughts on the game this weekend. Yeah, just to go over last night's game, really. Obviously, a single game weekend. Welcome Solent back into the rink. Um, obviously, a bit of a quieter one last night with the football going on, I expect. But, you know, the, the fans that were there were obviously right there with us and right behind us. Um, you know, so we we knew that we had to put performance in. We knew that this team is is a is a is a well structured team. They perform well with uh, with the structure and the and the kind of strict rigidity that they have to their play. So you know, we kind of we knew what to expect. But the big thing for us last night was that we got back to a good start. So over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of got away from our steady starts, and obviously the you know there's a there's that recent game against. Streatham, where we go 3-0 down inside the first few minutes and there was the, obviously the Solent game a couple of weeks ago, we did exactly the same thing. So that was very much our kind of uh, our opening kind of thoughts for for last night was to, to start right and steady the ship. And we did that really, really well. I was really pleased with how we started. You know, it was a bit of a, a bit of a cagey kind of to and fro first period. Uh, obviously finished that 0-0. I thought, you know, both goalies started to feel their way into the game. And when you've got two good goalies like that, that's obviously a good thing for us but we we know that we need to you know do a little bit more and adapt and change maybe to get around Chico down the other end who is you know is, is consistently a very very good goalie um obviously you know Luca was was really really steady back there again you know his form of late has just been outstanding so you know props to Luca for you know the way he's just dialed in at the moment um you know one of one of the best talents in the country for sure and the way he's playing at the moment is is just outstanding so for him to consistently put in his performances week in week out right now is uh is really really good for us to see and obviously the boys feed off that and it gives us a chance to push back right so obviously we, we go one up and we're pleased with the way we're going and uh, and again like it's five minutes into the second we go one up and for the next kind of 10 10 12 minutes or so again like it's a little bit cagey it's backwards and forwards but we were in control. I felt like we controlled the play very well. Um, but again, there's that kind of there's that dagger shot, you know, fifty seconds before the end of the second, and we go go in one all, um, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of all that kind of hard work you've done is is neutralised. But you know, that is what it is. Like I said, you know, they're, they're a strict team, they're a structured team, and and they'll find chances and 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 they will get chances and obviously they capitalized on on one there um and then in the middle of the second uh, middle of the third period sorry a goal that I've I've never seen before don't think I'll ever see again obviously you know they get the chance on the power play there there was a couple of power plays each way and we we weren't really kind of doing enough to get around Chico but you know that is what it is with some you know obviously changes to the lineup last night new guys in new guys out and Picked up more injuries last night, so there's you know there's another four injuries to go on injury list, which is which is tough to take. But yeah, you know when you when when we're struggling for some consistency in lines and and um, keeping guys healthy and fit, sometimes you know special teams do slide a little bit. Um, I thought we looked good on the on the special teams, we just just didn't didn't have that kind of killer instinct. And then obviously they get their power play. I think it was about probably five five six minutes into the third and. You know, like I said, that I've never seen a goal like it. I don't think that happens again in you know in another hundred games. You know, either for or against us. You know, obviously, Luca loses his skate blade and can't push left to right, and then the shot comes in and hits the defenseman in the chest and literally rolls down his shirt and and literally just drops in the net. And you're kind of thinking, you know, what have we got to do to get a bounce here? And ultimately, that was a game-winning goal. And um, obviously. You know, Peter had to come in in relief with, with Luca with the broken skate. I don't, you know, I thought he was good when he came in. That's a tough situation to come into, but you know, that's the the steadiness that he brings. And 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 the boys did well. We pushed and we pushed and kind of four minutes in, we kind of just threw everything that we had um, and just couldn't find a way past. So, you know, frustrating again. You know, to be in control of a game and you know to be 2-1 down and feel like you're in control we just felt like you know just one or two bounces would have would have really helped us through but we didn't get them that's sometimes that's what happens and sometimes you play really really well and lose and I think that's what happened last night you know so 
we need to get back to work. We've obviously got four more games up until Christmas, you know, two doubleheader weekends coming up here. And we need to, you know, we need to work. We need to get guys healthy and get guys back. So we'll see where we are during the week here and um, and we'll be ready to go next weekend. But yeah, hopefully, you know, looking forward to seeing a lot of you come to Streatham um, and a lot of you for the, obviously the Essex Derby at home on, on Sunday, which we, we're really looking forward to getting into. So yeah, tough one last night. Um, I think we played really well, but, you know, obviously it's tough to come out on the, on the, um, on the underside of a of a scoreline two one there, but you know close game. We had a really good start. I thought we controlled throughout, but just didn't have that killer instinct. But you know we'll we'll work on that and we'll go again next week. Um and uh, yeah we'll see how we are. But uh, yeah, uh, I thought we were good last night. Thank you very much to Mark Saunders for his thoughts there on Sunday's game. Uh, I spoke to Luke Tassage this morning as well. There was no injury really with uh, with what happened. He just threw the blade off his skate, went down. Obviously, the time getting him off the ice was trying to get his, his skate off with all the pads on and everything. Uh, so, and then checks come in and replaced him. So, yeah, so no injury for Luca. Um, as he said to me, he's just got to ask Santa for an early Christmas present uh, in, in a replacement set of skates. Uh, so now we're going to get the Warriors match report with Harriet Andrews. This is the match report for the Chelmsford Warriors against the Haringey Huskies game on Saturday the 3rd of December 2022. I only started to take notes for the second period, but the first one was an equally great, well-played game with two Warriors goals scored by Tom Cook at 2 minutes 23 and Sam Austin at 17.34. With very few penalties for either team and the Warriors taking ending the first with a 2-0 lead, it meant that we went into the third sorry into the second with great high energy and really going for it however at the end of the second end of the first both players both teams had a man go down for roughing I didn't quite catch who they were for but it meant that we started the second with both teams on a two minute penalty Luca faced a lot of shots in this period especially during the power plays of, um, but with also Josh Ball and Chris Beckett for the Warriors taking a lot of shots at the net but both all unfortunately being saved by Clark. With about six minutes into the game, into the second period, sorry, t- number eight Taylor for the Huskies went down holding his head. From what I saw, it was a clean hit between him and the Warriors' Sean Wallace. However, the refs spoke to the Huskies' bench after um, Taylor was down for a while and called a check to the head, giving Wallace, Wallace a five-minute penalty. Again, the Warriors having played most of this second period shorthanded so far, and with 2.54 left of the Huskies' power play, Lucas saved a shot from Hepburn, which then sort of bounced back into the net behind him, taking the score to 2-1. And then at 12 minutes, the Warriors' number 66, Sam Austin, got a penalty, a two-minute penalty for interference. Again, I didn't really see it, but the ref called it. Um, and then with nine minutes left of the second, the number 23, Woodford, for the Huskies, took a shot into the corner of the net around Luca with an equal goal, taking it to all. Again, the pressure from the Huskies continued and were definitely a force, with number five Roberts scoring into the top corner of the net with just 40 seconds of the period to go. It was a great set out by the passing between the players, creating a lot of space. At the end of the second, it was two to the Warriors and three for the Huskies after a very high-paced, feisty period. The third period felt... Like it was initially a lot at Luca's end for the first sort of five or six minutes, meaning obviously Tassadri faced a lot of shots straight off in the third period. Again, a lot of hits and action in the third. From memory, though, there was no actual penalties for this period, but definitely some calls that other refs would have made. A shot by Beckett met with about six left into the corner of the net and stopped by the pad, by Clark's pad, was awesome, um, with Beckett continuing to make many shots throughout the game. I get with three minutes left of the third, Beckett took a slap shot from this end face off circle, which went straight past Clark, block aside, a cracking goal assisted by Wallace and Ho, taking it to three all. This energy from both teams continued for the rest of the third. However, unfortunately, with just 47 seconds left of the game, Husky, a Husky shot straight from the shots, shoots straight from the close, straight from close to the net, straight into the corner making the final score 
It was a tough game with a lot of physicality, but very few penalties. And the Warriors weren't outplayed at all, just unlucky with that last minute Haringey goal. Luca got man of the match for the game after facing 72 shots and making some incredible saves. It was definitely very well deserved and his abilities and talents really shone through in that game. Thank you to Harriet Andrews for the match report on the Warriors' defeat to the Harringay Huskies there. Results elsewhere in the NIHL won this weekend on the Saturday, Solent Devils hosted Streatham Redhawks. Another close game between those two, Streatham taking a 3-2 victory back to the high road with them. On Sunday, Streatham completed a four-point weekend, beating Raiders 11-3. And on that Sunday, Oxford City Stars also beat Milton Keynes Thunder by four goals to three. Uh, In the academy, the under-12 mini Chieftains got a 4-0 victory over Haringey. The under-16s Tomahawks got a 4-2 victory over Haringey. And the under-10s sent two teams up to Cambridge who both performed superbly on the day, uh, doing well for the the young set-up there. Uh, The fixtures coming up next week then are Streatham away on Saturday at the High Road. There is a coach running from the Riverside. That's £15 per head for the travel there and back. Um, So please email hello at chumpsforchieftons.com to book your place on the coach. And on Sunday, it is the Essex Derby. We need to turn Essex black and gold again after the defeat of the Sapphire in October as Raiders Junior are coming to the Riverside on Sunday. Uh, So let's try and pack the crowd out for that. And now it's time for Hit of the Week. Hit of the week this week then, and a lot to choose from. There was a great one from Dan Hutchins in the first as he put a big hit on number 61 for uh, for Solent. There was one late in the second, I think, as Cam Bartlett stuck one on Mason Wilde down in the corner. That was a good one. But this week it's going to go to one of our returning players uh, in the end of the second period, Matty Turner with a massive hit on Alex Murray uh, in the middle of the ice that got a massive roar from the crowd because... Everyone likes to see Alex Murray go down. So hit of the week this week, Matty Turner. Now we're going to have a chat with Chieftains and Warriors starlet Chris Beckett. Chieftains. Warriors. Chris Beckett, how are we doing, fella? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yes, mate, really well, really well. Thanks for coming on and joining me tonight. No worries, mate. So you're still, you know, incredibly young to be playing, you know, competitive hockey at the level that you're playing. Um, and you must have played an enormous amount of hockey already. Uh, so when did you start? And was it ever a choice for another sport in your life? Or was it just hockey? Yeah, no. So, well, my dad always played, so he got me into it from a young age. I started off when I was about six, and it's just always been that since, I suppose. And that's, that's been at Chelmsford throughout, is it? Well, I actually started at Romford when I was six, because uh, my, yeah, my dad took me down there, because Erskine Douglas was coaching down there, and uh, I moved to Romford, uh, I moved to Chelmsford when I was seven, because of uh, training days, so. And that just yeah. made, made more sense to you? Yeah. So and my, dad wanted, is... my dad wanted me at Chelmsford as well, so. Yeah, is your dad one of the coaches at Chelmsford? Uh, yeah, he coaches the under-18s and the Warriors this year. Obviously, he, had, he did a bit with the Chiefs last year as well when he took over. But Yeah, he yeah. did stand in for, for the end of the season there, didn't he? Yeah. So obviously, playing in two different squads, does does that make a difference to you when you're training? Is is there more of a, a bond that you have with any particular players that you play both with? No, I mean, I, I mean there isn't anyone across either teams that I don't get on with. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're all... All very close to all my teammates. Um, training, I train Chiefs Thursday and Warriors Wednesday. And uh, yeah, there's nothing that, yeah, we all get on. You know I mean? Yeah. But but no one you have a sort of particular sort of telekinetic connection with? Well, in the Chiefs, me and Luke get on well. I've played with him since, well, under 11s. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a laugh in the room. Uh, 
Ethan's just come back. Ethan Reed, he's someone I get on well with, and he's only a couple of years older than me, but he's still someone I can look up to as, and and learn from, I suppose. Uh, yeah, he's he's littered with good lads. To be fair, there's, there's yeah, no... yeah, of course. And then even the older boys, like that, you know, quite a bit older than me, but I'm I still look up to him. Do you know what I mean like? But is there them lads that are in there, the older lads, especially the more experienced ones? Is that is that vital for a young player like yourself coming up oh, to have that there? You know, players like Lids and Jib and Wrighty, like they're players that my dad used to play with and against, so they're full oh, really? of experience. And um, yeah, they're, they're they're boys that you look at and you definitely learn from. And they're and they're good to have in the team as well. Do you need you need like you need that obviously. Yeah. Uh, now. It's, your elite prospects has got you listed as a forward. Would you say that's definitely your role? Yeah, forward. Yeah, do you like scoring the goals. Yeah, well, when I can. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember one. I think it was from last season down at Bristol. I think you went coast to coast and did about four players and stuck it in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I surprised myself with that one. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one does stick in my mind. Actually, one of the best goals I saw last season. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the celebration on that one or not. No, no, was there a good celly on that, was there? No, I threw myself through the wall and almost killed myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got, I got, got a bit of stick for that, but it was, it was a good goal, so it was worth it. Yeah, well, the board's not as sturdy at, at Bristol as they are at Chelmsford. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> Fantastic. So you wear uh, for both teams, you wear number 74. Is there a special reason behind that number? Uh, Well, my dad always wore 70... Well, he started off actually, um, like in the juniors, he wore number seven, and then when he got onto the senior teams, uh, I think seven was taken, so he took seventy-four. That's why I, my brother wears seven, and I wear seventy-four, and it's just always been that way, I suppose. Oh, that's 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 quite nice. It must be your dad must feel immense pride actually seeing both his lads playing the sport that he played. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does, he does, he loves it as well. So was it always obviously coming through obviously Romford and then into the Chelmsford Academy? Was it this level? you were aiming at or you know you're still a young lad are you looking at maybe national elite league or perhaps even other countries well you know obviously being like the youngest forward on the team my role in the Chiefs is just to obviously do what I can for the team when I can but ultimately it's it's for my development isn't it like yeah it'd, it'd be good to see how far I can go um in the future but at the minute, I'm just working on myself as a player, and when I get a chance in the Warriors, going out and trying to put points up. So I mean, they're obviously trying to put points in the Chiefs as well, but you know, uh, in the Warriors yeah. and obviously the under 18s, that's kind of more my role is to score the goals. So yeah, so because as you said, that is kind of more where, where you're at at the moment, but you're developing into the the higher yeah. level of senior. Yeah. So if 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 it depends, it's see where it takes me, but at the minute, I'm just trying to be the best player I can and see how far it takes me. Is there, is there a difference in physicality between uh, the NIHL 2 and the 1? It's it's a lot quicker, so you, you have to have your head up in when I'm playing for the Chiefs. Like, the, if there's always someone on you a lot quicker in the Chiefs and in the Warriors, mm. uh, in terms of getting hit, not really, other than obviously, obviously it's just a bit quicker, so. You don't really have much time on the park when you play with the Chieftains. No, I mean a few of your teammates have, have remarked to me on your strength, <laughs> or, or is it a therefore lack of? Are they are they winding you up? No, no, it's because it's because I'm, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big boy. I think that's I think that's where my where it must be. Do, do you like do you like hitting the weights there? <laughs> no, no, uh, they wind they winding me up. <laughs> I, yeah, I get a lot of that. But to be fair, for for what is you know respectfully, you're a very slight young fella. You you are incredibly strong on on your on your edges and on the skates, and there's not many people that get the better of you. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll tell> you. <laughs> well, you're, I've I've remarked on on other episodes of this podcast as well. Obviously, you, you young lads coming through the academy and up into the first team that. I mean, particularly your your stick handling and how you handle the puck is very difficult to to dispossess. So yeah, it's, uh, it's something I work on a lot. Uh, shooting puck, stick handling. You know, training three four nights a week. So yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's an awful lot of hockey. And I take it you're uh, it's not taking a toll on your body just yet, being 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 so young. No, not 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 just yet. <laughs> 
Hopefully that won't come for a good sort of 10, 14 years yet. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. So I've got a, a couple of questions from, from the listeners, if that's all right, mate, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. We've got, uh, Harriet Andrews wants to know, if, do you have a preference of playing uh, with the Warriors or the Chieftains, be it for the you know the speed, the physicality, or for the, the challenge playing up, up higher? Well, of course I want to play the highest level of hockey I can. Like, that's obviously what you want to do. Like, It's great going out, like being with the Warriors and getting more ice time and you know the group's good but the same with the Chiefs the group in, in like the, the group's good but I'm 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 trying to play the best level of hockey that I can obviously so yeah I, I, if if I have the choice I, I have to play for the Chieftains obviously yeah I think most most you know sport athletes will thrive under you know the pressure of playing at a high level won't they so it's Definitely yeah. your ambition, I can see. Uh, I've got a question here from your captain at the Chieftains. Go on. Uh, Mr. Callum Burnett. And uh, I've, I have lightened this up ever so slightly. We've got a snog marry a void for you. Oh, <laughs> go on. So we've got Princess Fiona from Shrek as an ogre, Miss Piggy <laughs> and Boris Johnson. Well... <laughs> uh... Wait, who's the first one? Princess Fiona from Shrek, but as an ogre. Yeah, I think I'll have to avoid that one. Uh... Oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. Have you forgotten the last one? Yeah, I have, yeah. Wait, um... No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm marrying Miss Piggy. Yeah. And I'm avoiding Boris. <laughs> I think that's a really good shout, mate. Really good shout. <laughs> last one, Cap. Right, then we've got uh, another question from, from Cal as well. He's, um, he's, he's obviously bored sitting at home with his boot on. Yeah, He'd like to know, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Because he would love you to be a honey badger. <laughs> uh, if I was an animal? I don't know. My dog lives quite a good life, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being him. Yeah, I think my dog lives quite a good life. and always definitely something they've got, got sorted there. Lovely. And uh, to continue the slight madness, uh, we've got one from Kieran Rayner. Yeah. How many sunbeds a week do you have? Because you're very tanned. <laughs> so, a couple of the boys on that team love a sunbed, but it's not for me. So. <laughs> yeah, no, not with the, with the glare coming off the ice. It's not good, I think, to be yeah. tanned and shiny. No. Bad for the skin. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. Now, the rest of the ones from your teammates, aren't, I, I don't personally think are clean enough for this. So uh, we've, we've discussed this. Once we're done recording, we're going to jump on Instagram Live and we'll post that on the social media. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have the fun the fun questions on there so that we don't uh, cause any offence or damage the, <laughs> damage the ears of any children. Uh, mate. Yeah, uh, no have, you, uh, have you had any international call-ups since playing hockey? Uh I made the England under. I can't remember. It was the year. It was the year we went into lockdown. I made that England team. I was due to go to Finland, but obviously COVID stopped it. Yeah. Um. The. When was it? Last season. Uh. I made the South England team, and we went and played up in Dumfries in a tournament with South North and Scotland. That was good fun. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I've I've obviously trialled all the way through, but not always been successful. But conferences uh, I've played every well every other year. Yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Fantastic stuff. Uh, will, you, will you be involved in the under eighteen trials? Or are you told for that now? What this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I I haven't been invited back to to that, but. <laughs> Oh, it's the way it is. It's quite. It's probably quite difficult, isn't it? For because obviously playing some of the lads will be playing at that NHL one and uh, yeah, level, and obviously you're getting most of your ice time in the two. So it's yeah, I can imagine that is difficult. Um, and obviously there's more skaters than there is netminders as well. So the netminders... it's, a, it's a learning curve. So it's... yeah, no, it's fantastic. I think all the abilities there for your mate. So I, I don't doubt that in the future that definitely be coming your way. Cheers, mate. No worries. Have you got a favourite rink that you like playing at? Uh, honestly, playing at Riverside, 
nothing beats it. Yeah, yeah the, the atmosphere and the fans, like, obviously got some of the, like, the best atmosphere in the league, like, in my opinion. And I think quite a lot of players would say the same thing. Um, other than Chelmsford, uh, oh, playing at MK is good. Nice big ice. Yeah, it's a huge pad up there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just anywhere but in Victor and Silent, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the more the more old school ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I discussed there uh, with um, it was uh, it was with Kieran last week that them teams they can't they know their own rink and their own surface so well. That's yeah, that's what's difficult. Obviously, if you're training like especially for Solent, if you're training on that small ice pad, playing on it every week, it's obviously a hub. Solent's one of the hardest places to go to and try and get two points. Yeah, and they, and to be fair, this year they've made themselves incredibly hard to beat. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought we were unlucky on the weekend. To be honest, um, I'm inclined to agree, mate. Actually, I, I think that probably across the course of the whole 60 minutes, Chieftains were much the better team. I thought um, I thought we deserved the win. To be honest, it's gutting when like Luca loses the escape. Like we let a bit of a soft one in, and they go two one down. That's 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 all that's all, all there was to it, really. But I thought I thought we were unlucky. To be honest. Yeah, I think that's the change that Solent have made, though, is that once they went 2-1 up, they were incredibly hard to break down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think in previous years, they, they'd have succumbed to the pressure. But it's, uh, I think it was last uh, last season, I think it was actually February time, we went down to Gosport. I think we beat them 9-0 down there. I remember that. Uh, uh, Sonny yeah. Phillips doing his head, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he got a 56-shot shutout, I think it was, on the night. It was... They actually we won nine nil, but they outshot us on the night. It was incredible. Yeah, Sonny was unreal. Uh, I think it'd have been Cameron because I don't think Grant was playing at the time. Him and Stano were both scoring goals all over the place. So. They were, yeah. I think Grant was out injured, wasn't he? So I think yeah. to, to my memory, I think um, Cam and Stano both got hat tricks that night. Yeah, so that, that last season stood out as like a big win for us, obviously. Yeah, so put in the push to sort of finish as high as we could for the playoffs. That was yeah, it. that it, it was a bit of a turning point as well that game because form hadn't been brilliant uh, a couple of weeks prior to that game, and then I think we won that, and then after that we only lost, I think maybe one or two games going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think that was the straight, I think that was the only only defeat that we took. Yeah, leading up to that. So that was that was how was that for you playing in the playoff finals last last year? Yeah, that was that was something different. It was, it was obviously it's it's, it's a tense big game, isn't it? And um, we, we go one up and then we go two up, and it it, it was gutting, obviously, because we we were close and I thought we had the game. Well, yeah, I've been discussing it later as well with with Joel Smith. Uh, that was obviously his last game for Chieftains, and he yeah. made a score in it as well. But um, yeah, it was an incredible weekend, and I, I think we come away incredibly unlucky not to not to win it. But I think Streatham were pretty unstoppable last year. Well, that's the thing you you still can't like we still we still looked at that as like a fairly successful weekend. I, was, I still think the boys played really well that that weekend, and Streatham were just too good, I suppose. Yeah, but you got to win Saturday with the Warriors this week. Oh no, you didn't. I tell a lie. You no, were, we did. You lost four three quite late on, didn't you? Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was pretty good as well, to be honest. We um we got we went two up, didn't we? And then yeah. second period on the kill. Uh yeah, we were on the kill for quite a lot of the second period, which did us no favours. And then we're going into the third, uh three two, I think it was. And we tied it up with a couple of minutes left to three all. And um yeah. That was, that was supposed to be a big moment and then Two minutes later, they stuck one in the back of the net with a minute left. So, yeah, yeah, they're, they're doing quite well up the top of that league. They want the Harringay Huskies. They're uh... well. That's the thing that just goes. That worries the team. I, I, I don't think there's anyone in the league that, as a team, we can't beat on our day. No. Luca, Luca is unreal as well, though. To be honest, and um, when the Warriors can get older, Luca, he's a game changer. Yeah, it's, it certainly does make a difference having netminders of that quality. They can win you a game on their own, yeah, really, can't they? It's, um, do you think there's there should be perhaps a slight restructuring of the leagues 
next season. Obviously, the NIHL one only has the eight teams in and two has 13. Is there any of them teams that yeah. you've played in the two that you think could hack it in the one? Honestly, probably not. I don't think... Last season, um, Guildford stood out. They, they were very good. And I think out of all teams, maybe last season's Guildford team could have played in NHL one. Other than that, Harringay maybe, Bristol two maybe, but other than that, I think I think anyone else would struggle. If uh, to be honest, no. was it that did that Guildford team win the treble, or was that the year before COVID? No, so that was last season. Uh, hmm. Petter was on that team actually. He was, um, yeah. And that, yeah, they won everything, the cup, the league, and and the playoffs. Yeah. And as we just said, a good netminder can win games on his own, and that certainly seems to make a difference for them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. as well, they they had they had players who I think they they've, they've lost quite a few players now that are playing in NHL one, who uh, who, who obviously were tearing it up in uh, the Warriors League. Yeah, I think I think a couple of them have gone to Oxford, haven't they? And I think there's um, yeah, all over that as well. Yeah. But there's um yeah I mean it would it would it would be nice to even the leagues up slightly just to get a more even calendar yeah no of course um, yeah and I think some of the guys in Bristol too were actually in Bristol one last year and didn't go up to the national yeah that's the other did. Thing. so yeah. um yeah they could well hack it but so like I say just to even the calendar out be quite nice because you've it's obviously all right for you playing for both teams you're probably getting a lot of hockey but there's been sort of you know weekends off wasn't there in in the first league yeah I think. Actually, I haven't had a weekend off since the start of the season. No. <laughs> but uh, you're begging for one now. Yeah, well, Christmas is only around the corner now, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll get you'll get a little bit of time off there. Yeah, but uh, no, not too much uh, of the of the food, I suppose, to keep yourself. No, keep yourself fit. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, mate. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Zero Putts Given. Really, really appreciate it. It's all right, mate. No worries. Thanks to Chris for joining me there. Good young lad. Obviously knows how to take all the fun in the change room as well and wish him all the best for the rest of the season. Now we have a very special guest that I teased earlier this week. The last season's captain who retired in April. We're going to have a chat with Julian Smith. Number 26. Joel Smith, how are we doing? Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thanks. You okay? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, mate. Thank you for coming on. No, it's fine. No worries. Lovely. So, are you enjoying your life post-hockey? Uh, I, yeah, I am. I've got to be honest. I am. It's, um, it's, it's really different. Like, when you've spent... I'm trying to think of how many years I've been playing for. I started when I was 10, so it's like 30, you know, 26 years um, of playing hockey, then... To kind of to kind of stop is uh, a bit of a shock to the system in in many ways, and the routines you've developed over all those years of playing senior hockey, you've kind of given up your weekends for things. Um, it was tough, but then getting that time back has has been good, especially. Um, so last last year, my wife and I we had our little boy uh, Jackson, so it was that last last year was tough, kind of doing the travelling and not having as much time to be at home with him. Um, so yeah, that the time that it's given me back, especially at the weekends, is uh, it's been good. But yeah, it's definitely been a shock to the system. Kind of, <laughs> kind of getting to like lunchtime and going, well, I should be doing something right now, and then realizing, oh yeah, it's meant to be hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a part of me thinks like when I look back, I think that obviously the two COVID years kind of almost pre-set me up for it because obviously we had a long time out of hockey then. Yeah. Um, so I think had that not happened, I think I'd have probably suffered way worse. And uh, yeah, probably been come back by now. But yeah, that, the two years off of hockey with COVID kind of warmed us up for the, for stepping away from it. So was your your retirement that long in the planning, or was it sort of you know physical and obviously family getting in into that final couple of years? Yeah, no, like I hadn't really been thinking about it that that much. Um, with, with the two COVID years, I was kind of a bit annoyed because. On my age, I was thirty. What was I? Thirty-four, potentially thirty-three at the time when when that hit. So I was kind of coming towards the end of it anyway, in terms of what my body could probably give. Um, mm. So I was really frustrated that those, like the end of one of the years, and then the entire year of the second year of it was was taken away. 
um and then um yeah we had we had a little boy and that final year was just really tough i um i started a new job as well um so i, I kind of did i did the most four stressful things you could do in, in one go um <laughs> I start, I started a new job we moved house we had a baby um and uh, there was something else as well then you got married as well didn't you yeah, that was it. We got my oh, God, as if, as if I forgot that one. Don't so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 if you could, that would be great. Uh, but yeah, we, we we got married as well, and, and that was a COVID a COVID wedding. So we only had fifteen people, so it wasn't as stressful as like some weddings because um, we couldn't obviously have as many people, and didn't, there was no kind of after bit. So, but yeah, it was um it was a combination really of the the new job that I started and the amount of time that I was having to put into that. So I was um. I was a I was a vice principal anyway, and then I moved to a school closer to home in Northampton, oh, and uh, became a vice principal there. But it was um, it was, a, it was definitely a step up in terms of the expectations that were on me and stuff. So I was I was working pretty late hours every night, um, and then on a, on a Thursday I'd I'd kind of drive down to where I'd meet Munsey and Rayner and do a bit of work in McDonald's while I was having a coffee before they picked us up, and then yeah. I'd sit in the back of the car and do some work as well while we were travelling down. Um, so that that was pretty intense trying to juggle my work life and and hockey and then family and then with, with my little boy that came along, it would just become tough at the weekends. Like leaving him at the weekend, you kind of it's little things like they were going off to do soft play or or something like that where you were missing out on things like that. Um, so it was a combination of that and then the travelling as well. Um, obviously, I'm I'm not a local boy to Chelmsford, no. so it was uh, it was quite a journey. Um, and yeah, the, 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 I just kind of it come difficult to to do the travelling. I'd, I'd done the travelling for like thirteen, fourteen years, and it just became a bit of an issue where it was kind of outweighed the the fun element of it and and what hockey was bringing me. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, with the, what I've spoken with the other lads about the level of commitment, obviously, with the travelling, and because you're not obviously you're not the only one that does live that further away. It's, it's a surprising amount if you look through the, even the current roster that have to travel inordinate distances just for home games and, tra- and training um it kind of makes it a young man's game really doesn't it rather than uh you know with the proper job and the kids and stuff like that it, it makes it a little more difficult yeah it was it was definitely difficult because um you know if you're a local boy to Chelmsford you you could leave your house at you know I don't know say two o'clock maybe even half two to get down to the rink uh even probably later than that for, for a home game whereas we were we were leaving like one o'clock something like that to to make up for the two hours of travel time and like for me, I was lucky to have the guys to travel with. Like throughout my entire time, there's only been one year where I had to travel on my own, and that was pretty tough. Um, but yeah, I would I would always travel to kind of Brampton Hut on the A1 to meet yeah. whoever it was I was travelling with. Um, or apart from one year when I was playing with Clarkey, I travelled down to Milton Keynes at Junction 14 uh, and meet him there. But so I was always lucky to have people to travel with because you kind of you come become a little team within a team. Almost, which yeah. is always, it's always pretty good fun being on the road with, with the boys. Um, so that, that definitely helped. But yeah, it, it, it just become a bit too much of a, a draining task, especially like a, a Thursday night training. Um, we'd get off the ice at midnight and then, you know, you, you're trying to leave by what, 20 past maybe once you showered and stuff. And uh, I used to get home at kind of quarter past two. Um, and then be up at like half five to walk the dog before going off to work. So it was just, yeah, it got too much for me really, um, which is sad because it's not, wasn't the way I'd, I thought that I'd, I'd stop playing um, because of, of the travelling being too much. Um, but it, I think it was the right the right call to make at the time. Yeah, uh, Kieran Rayner did actually mention, I spoke to him last week, with regards to travelling, that um, your sense of direction isn't particularly great. Yeah, look, I've, I've had it out with him about that. I texted him straight <laughs> after. I don't know where he's got that from. And I, I said I'm going to get my own back on him for uh, in this podcast. But I think he's got me confused with Munzee on that. So you're, not, you're not a geography teacher, are you? That, God, that's incredibly bad. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> definitely not. But um, I can't I can't remember any times where I've got lost. Um, but, yeah, that would always be Munzee. Munzee was terrible um, for, for directions <laughs> and just his concentration can't do two things at once um but yeah i, I said to rainer afterwards definitely got me confused with munzi on that one yeah <laughs> so your your final match for chelmsford was the playoff final at planet ice milton Keynes. yeah uh, and obviously an eventual loss despite leading 2-0 but you actually managed to score in your final game tipping in from a karenko shot how did that feel 
Yeah, it was good. It was it was it was a nice way to finish it. Um, I got man of the match that game as well. I think it was just that 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 one last little bit of actually winning winning the game um, would have been amazing. Like my wife and my my little boys, where my two lads were there, so I've got an older son as well. Um, they were, they were both there, so it would have been the, kind of the icing on the cake to to see it all out having won. But even even regardless of not winning the actual trophy, like it was it was a nice way to to end it all. I managed to to tip. Um, tip the goal in, which was good. Um, a bit of a shock, like I don't obviously goal scoring is not my forte, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. It's always good in those kind of big games to to get yourself on the score line to help the team out. Yeah, that I mean, was a fantastic weekend. I think just winning the trophy would have been the absolute cherry on the on the cake for you that that weekend. And the five of you that did retire that day. Yeah, no, we made hard work of it, though, didn't we? Like, especially in the Bristol game, and like we seen yeah. the third period have been quite comfortable, and then all of a sudden, we, we, classic Chelmsford, we used to always do that, like just switch off in the third, and the team would come back, and we'd have to then battle our way back out of it. Um, so it was, uh, it was probably harder than on the Saturday than it probably should have been, and we were obviously depleted a few few guys like at the back, especially with Munzee not being there um, for injury, uh, and then I think in on the Sunday. We obviously started off strong, but against a team like um, Streatham, with all the depth they've got, they just—they're relentless, aren't they? So they just kept coming at us, and I think by the time that ten minutes into the third period came, you could tell that we were starting to lose our gas a little bit. Um, uh, and you know they're a class team, aren't they? So you've got to be playing for sixty minutes if you're gonna if you're gonna have a chance of beating them. And it was we, we did we did ourselves proud to to get that close to it, but it just just wasn't to be at the end. No, and and quite easily the best supported team of the four that were there over the weekend. There was there was a great number of us there cheering the lads on. Yeah, it was great. That's obviously always helps when you've when you've got the crowd behind you as well to give you a little bit of a lift. So it was uh, it was good to see so many of the fans that made the efforts come down, and uh, it makes a difference. Especially obviously the, the, you look back at the pictures and you've got the crowd behind you in the pictures as well. So um, it's yeah, it was good. It was a really good way to end it. Um, and I actually went down to to MK last week to train um, with the funder just because my oldest boy wasn't at basketball training, so I could get down there. And it was like I thought, actually, I stepped into the rink and it just brought back those memories of that last game, which was, which yeah. was nice. Oh, brilliant! Uh, so right back to the beginning, then you said you were ten when you started. Uh, where did you start, and what got you into it? Oh, um, so I was actually ill off school one day, and um, so I've been skating before, like a few times down in Peterborough with my next door neighbour. And um, I was ill off school. We went to the video shop, and uh, I got Mighty Ducks out the, yeah. the film, and I watched that. And I hadn't really didn't know anything about ice hockey at the point. And I was just like, oh, that seems pretty cool. Um, and I, yeah, I spoke to my dad about whether I could potentially look into playing it, and he did a bit of research for me. He figured out that I had to do some skating lessons before I could join a team. So I did did the skating lessons. You had to get to grade three, I think it was, before you could join a team. Um, and so once I'd done that, I joined the um, Caribous, I think they were called, the Peterborough Caribous, which is the under, under 12s. Um, I didn't have a, I was like, I was hopeless at the time, obviously, just learning to skate properly and hold a stick at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and I think because I was, I think I was 10 at the time and uh, they just looked, looked at me because I was taller than everyone else. They were like, yeah, you can be a D man. I was <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but okay, yeah, that's fine. Just do that then. Um, so yeah, like, the first two years, I was pretty hopeless at it, and then started to, at the end of my second year, started to get pretty decent. And I had to make a choice between um, between football and, and and ice hockey. I was a football goalie, and um, oh. yeah, I was used to like because I lived just outside of Peterborough in a little village, uh, probably about twenty five minutes away. So I was jumping off the ice, staying in my kit, getting unchanged in the car on the way back down to where I had football training, and then sometimes vice versa for games. And I was just getting a bit much, so I just had to make a choice. And I was like, Do you know what? Ice hockey's different. It's not very well known. It's exciting. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. So I stopped playing football and then just did uh, did ice hockey full-time. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and I've got, I've, I'm not using elite prospects too much because it's burnt me bad in the past. But <laughs> My mum's say, there won't be much on mine, I don't think, in terms of points-wise. Well, there's a couple of instances on there of you being called up for international-level hockey. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So I think uh, it was under, under 18. So my second year of being under... Um, eligible for the under 18s team, so I managed to make the team for for that, which was which was great and a, like an amazing achievement. Um, we went to went to Slovenia, 
and did the tournament there. So the year when it, when the first year, so my, my when I was meant to be a first year under 18s, that team went and they got the gold in the C group. So then the second year when I was a part of the team, we were in the B group, which was the the one above. Um, so it was it was pretty tough, and we I think we we I think we came bottom. Um, so we didn't we didn't win a medal or anything. But um, yeah, that was an amazing experience to go off to another country. And then same happened again with the under 20s. I made the team in my second year of being eligible. We went to uh, Italy and uh, we we kind of, we did amazingly, to be honest with you. We, we were so close to being able to actually win win it all and be promoted. And I think it was just, there was one one other game that, where the scoreline was by, they, they managed to get more goals than, than what we had it over the game. Uh, and that pushed us down into third spot. So we um, we won a bronze medal, which was such an achievement. Um, which I still got it hanging up upstairs in, in the uh, in the office, actually. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So that like they're they're the kind of memories that you, when you look back, you're thinking about hockey. They're the ones you kind of hold on to and cherish, and think how how lucky you've been to have some amazing experiences like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, did did you always wear twenty six throughout your career? I, I find it quite funny now finding your career was twenty six years long. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, yeah, I think I did. So I, when I was um, when I was a junior, I, I used to wear six, um, which was my kind of lucky number. And uh, when I when I made it into the the senior team, Lewis Buckman, who was the captain at the time, he he would always wear number six. I think the jersey's been retired for him now. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I was, there was there was no chance I'm going to get number six and take it off the cap captain as, as a little kid coming through um, so I was just I kind of um so my birthday is the 6th of February so I I just used those two numbers but I preferred the look of 26 um so I went with that so yeah so throughout my entire career at uh with the Phantoms I was 26 and then I went across to Romford and was 26 there uh, the only you know the only time where I've not been 26 actually was when I first so this last thing at Chelmsford when I came back um, when Joe was the coach to start off with uh, mm. Darren not Darren Brown Gary Brown was playing with us and he had number 26 um, so he obviously came, stayed on and he kept the number so I um, yeah I had to kind of like look around and search for new numbers that I quite liked and I couldn't really find anything I mean I remember watching an NHL game. And uh, saw number seventy six. I thought oh, that looks all right. I just got to go with that. So I was uh, seventy six for a year, and then oh. and then Gary left, and uh, I took twenty six back again. So you spent the um, sort of the final decade of your career between Romford and Chelmsford, yeah, uh, either end of the A twelve, and it's uh, it's the Essex Derby this weekend on Sunday. Don't oh, is it? It is indeed. Yeah. Oh, where, where did you feel most loved and appreciated, Romford or Chelmsford? I said it's a difficult one to say, to be honest with you. Like. Um, I, I felt appreciated and loved at both clubs um, in, in just really different ways from, from both clubs. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for me to, to say one is above the other. Mm. Um, I'll always remember, though, like, so obviously I spent three years at Romford. When I first left Peterborough, I went to Romford for three years. And, uh, and Clarkey, because that was the, the year when I left, that Romford's rink was being knocked down. Mm. Um, and Clarky contacted me to see if I wanted, wanted to come across to Chelmsford, and I was I was jumping at the opportunity. And I just remember some of the fans' comments from Chelmsford, um, kind of saying, "I was coming from the dark side," and you know, like <laughs> when you don't know a player or not played for you, um, you've got like that kind of stereotypical view of what they're what they're like. Um, yeah. So it was quite funny to start with um, with some of the comments that were coming across. But you know, once once you start playing from and you pull the shirt on, it doesn't matter where you've come from. Yeah, all you want to do is win for the team that you're playing for, um, and like that that first year when Clarky brought me across was probably my best best year personally. Um, you know, you talk about being in the prime. So I think that that year was was like when I was on top of my game and and, and played the best. Um, it was <laughs> it was quite a struggle though, to be honest with you. So to start with, so having played at Romford for three years, we didn't really have a system. We um, we kind of just did what we wanted and went out and played and won. Oh, wow. And then and when I went across to Chelmsford with Clarkie, he was he was really tactical and had like certain plays and certain breakouts and certain plays had to be in certain places. And the first month of it, I was like, bloody hell, I've got to try and retrain myself in terms of, of playing smart and making sure I'm in the right position at the right time. And so that was a bit of a, it took me kind of a good month to to get my, my head back in to what he, he wanted. Um but yeah, as soon as I'd done that, it was it was great, and I I always remember I, I didn't have the best of starts either. Um, I mean, 
I remember we were, we were playing a, a challenge game, I think, against Sutton Sting, which up in Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, Matty Turner was on the bus, so I, I joined him once. I'd, I'd come across with Clarkey at, um, at Junction 14. Uh, Matty T on the bus had been telling the boys, um, you know, because we'd played together at Romford, he was saying, yeah, he's going to be great. He's uh, really good in terms of what he can bring for the team. And what he didn't realise is I just spent the last seven days in Ibiza. Um, yeah. Stepped off the plane that, that Friday night. Um, hadn't got any of my kit apart from, I, I had my kit but no sticks so I was kind of um, like guesstimating the size of my, my butt end and my, my skate blades couldn't be sharpened and they had rust all over them so I was uh, I didn't I didn't put on a good performance that very first game and the, the boys will always laugh about it um, <laughs> in terms of how shocking I was I couldn't I couldn't even stop let alone do anything else um, so yeah it wasn't it wasn't a good first impression I remember going to the car afterwards with Clarkie and sitting back, sitting back in the car and I was like oh how did you find that and I was like I have to, I have to apologise to him and say look I'm really sorry I will get better I've just got to flush this holiday out of my system um, <laughs> and, then, and I'll be back on it so yeah it took me about uh, three weeks to kind of get my fitness back and then and then I loved it it was the best season of, of my career I think uh, So since you've stopped playing have you taken up any other hobbies or are you just actually enjoying the, the spare time that you have yeah, it's just enjoying the spare time. To be honest, with you. I don't, um, I don't really. I mean, apart from going to the gym, that that, that was yours used, used to be my other hobby. It was just getting in and kind of kind of de-stress a little bit in the gym. Um, so yeah. I'm still still trying to do that as much as I can. But in terms of sport, no, not really. Um, I haven't really taken anything up. I'm pretty good at table tennis. I'm a PE teacher, so I used to play table tennis quite a lot at school with the kids. Yeah. Um, so I kept in, I remember in lockdown saying I was going to buy a table tennis table, and luckily it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, at the moment, I haven't really got time to take up anything else. Um, no. uh, so yeah, just enjoying that kind of quiet weekends and yeah, having a bit of time back. Yeah, and when the kids are that young, you don't get that time back again. It's um, It's only there the once. I oh, know it's, it's scary how quickly they grow and change, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's 16 months now. So um, it's, yeah, I remember looking back and thinking, God, where's that time gone? How, how much he's changed and grown in even like three or four months. Um, so I, I'm, I, I am glad that I get to spend that time with him now and then just watch him grow up and stuff. Um, and hopefully one day he might want to play so that can kind of pull me back in a little bit. Yeah. So I've, I've got a few, uh, few listener questions now. That's all right with you, mate. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, we've got from Neil Baldock, um, who I sit quite close to at the ring. He's actually got 26 Smith on the back of his jersey. Okay. Um, he's got, uh, have you got a favourite moment from your career? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few that will always stick out in, in my memory. One, obviously, you mentioned in terms of making the team for, you, for your um, country. Mm. Then another one is with, when I was with Phantoms, when we won the, um, we won the, the treble. Um, in the EPL, oh wow! Uh, which was yeah, I'm not even I'm, I haven't followed it, but I'm not sure that's been done again um, by another team. So that that year was was amazing, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great achievement to do that. Uh, and then the other one is when we won the quad with Chelmsford. So my first year when I came across to Chelmsford uh, with Clarkey, and, and we won all four competitions. That that was literally just such such a good year in loads of ways, like being in a Chelmsford shirt and lifting the trophies, but then the, the locker room was good. The players we had were great. So, yeah, that one probably sticks out. And, and it probably means more to me a little bit because I was probably more involved. Like when I was with the Phantoms, I, I wasn't one of the, the top two line players. I was kind of you know, the third line D-man, um, just knowing my role, making sure I was a stay-at-home D-man. Whereas with the Clarkey year, I was kind of more influential in, in the team and had a bigger role to play with it. So it, that, that probably means the most to me. Yeah, the, the the pictures of the on ice celebrations of all them trophies from that are absolutely brilliant. Oh no, that, that was great. We used to do every trophy we used to do something different. So I think we did curling with one of them, bowling with the trophy, like we'd chuck it down the ice and people would jump out of the way and stuff. It was uh, it was great. Yeah, that was, there are memories that will last forever. Uh, I've got a couple here that are actually from former teammates, uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matty Turner. Is, they're not that bad actually. Not that bad. Okay. Uh, Paul Chris Beckett got it a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> What uh, Matt Turner's asked? What are your hockey superstitions or rituals, and do you miss, do you miss them? Uh, well, I think Matty knows how long this might take, so it depends if you want to have about an hour's worth of, of commentary on this. But uh, yeah, like, I'm pretty I'm pretty superstitious. Um, as I got older, it, like, certain ones got less and less. Like I used to have to eat the same thing before I went to hockey all the time, um, and then as I got older and time was less, I was like, it doesn't matter what I eat, I just chuck it in. But yeah, like getting to, to the rink um, 
I'd, I'd get dressed in a certain way. I'd do certain things on the ice. Um, I'd stand in certain positions, say certain things. Um, and then unfortunately, Matt Turner came along um, and made my kind of superstitions go through the roof because I ended up getting sucked into all of his. <laughs> um, and he's he's the most ridiculous person when it comes to superstition. His start on a, on a Tuesday night in training. Um, uh, and like same on Thursday, we've got a couple of superstitions that we're involved together on a Thursday night training. Uh, and then I get sucked into his on the ice as well. But there's one way with a, a Vicks um, bottle, which Matty Turner has to have a bottle of Vicks before he plays. And I have to look after it the whole time from it. So I'll take it home with me, bring it back to the, to the rink. And then I can throw, <laughs> throw it to him at a certain point. And it's just ridiculous. And it's some of the things you're doing. But um, yeah, Matty Turner just isn't one to talk about superstitions, that's for sure. No, no. And, and clearly isn't uh, enjoying retirement as much as you are. Because he's come uh, back. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I texted him as soon as I see that release. I, I text him and uh, he texts back saying that you know he's he's decided just to to help out the team a little bit and and play a few games. And uh, he he's a hockey nerd, so he absolutely loves it. He probably um, sleeps in his skates and his gloves and helmet. Probably. Yeah. Um, he, he absolutely loves hockey. He's a hockey nerd for sure. Yeah, he's joined us as injury cover. The the injury roster is growing and growing, so it's um it's certainly good to have a man of his experience back in as cover. Oh yeah, he's a class. He's a class player. Like it's so hard to get the puck off him, and he's so smart with it. And uh, you know, yeah, he'll he'll do he'll do well again, and he'll bring a lot to the team. Yeah. And uh, Rainer has asked <laughs> about your energized stick. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm blaming just uh, the late night on this one. <laughs> I, I um, we were just training. I, I was I was distracted by something. I, I wasn't always. Didn't always concentrate particularly well when I was at training. I just remember looking down at my stick and um, reading out what it said. <laughs> I thought it said the stick was energised. I was like, yeah, I've got an energised stick. Uh, and it wasn't the right, right word. It was kind of completely <laughs> different. Um, and he just looked at, my, looked at his and went, that's not what it says. I was like, oh. And it's, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. My, uh, my, my dyslexia coming through. Well, from the chat I had with him last week and some of the questions I got sent in, for Kieran, he, he, I think he might just be like the banter king of the dressing room. Yeah, he was a good guy to have in the dressing room. He, he was a, he was a good lad. Um, yeah, and he was good in the car as well. It was um, make make time for chat as well. He'd usually be the one keeping Joe awake, sit sit in the front, and me and Munzee would tuck up in the back and then speak for a bit, and then have a little shut down. The old men in the back having a little nap. <laughs> uh, the last question I've got here, I'm sure you were probably expecting it, and it's coming from. A number of people, Harriet, Harry, Megan, Neil, uh, there's a, a is on there as well. Any chance of you coming out of retirement and playing for Chieftains again? <laughs> uh, look, I'm not, I don't want to say that it's never going to happen. Um, I do miss it. I miss playing. Um, I, I speaking to a few people about it. This, the you know, when you're, you're walking out from the dressing room to start the game, you've got the, a, a full house and the lights are out and the atmosphere is great. I'm just, and then the competition on the ice. I, I really kind of miss that element of things. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to ever say that I'm not. Um, I'm not sure how soon it will be if I do. Um, I also like my, this is this is the excuse I'm going to use to my wife is that say like at some point of Jackson's I'm going to be old, old enough to know what's going on with ice hockey. Yeah. Um, and I'd like I'd like him to see see me playing because um, obviously that can spark a bit of an interest in him as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't feel like I I should stop playing just yet. It's just a bit of a rest, maybe. Um, yeah, just give my body a bit of a rest for a year. Like I went on the ice on Thursday on Wednesday last week, and I felt pretty good actually. Yeah, Apart from uh, yeah, a bit of aching the next day, but like I haven't been on the ice for seven months, so it was to be expected. So, I, but I still felt still felt pretty good. Um, so yeah, never say never. Oh, I certainly think you've given enough of your life to the sport and uh, and the time that you spent at Chelmsford. I know everyone is was thrilled with your time there and was very sorry to see you retire, but glad to give you a good send off. Yeah, it was nice. It was it was a good way to finish it, and the and the Stretton boys as well. To be fair, they were they were great as well. They they joined into um, the arch that they did for us, um, so it was nice to kind of get the appreciation from them boys because I played played a lot with those guys like Marzi and. Um, and Ziggy, and then there's a few other boys that I've played against, like throughout the entire senior hockey. So you you know each other from speaking to each other on the ice. Um, so it was nice to kind of get that send off, and obviously my my two lads and my wife being there as well. 
it was great. So I had him had my little on the on the ice with me as well. And Aileen yeah. was playing Aileen was playing peekaboo. So if you look at one of the pictures where we're in front of the crowd at the end, um like Aileen and isn't looking at the camera, he's playing peekaboo with, with my little boy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was nice to have them there and it was nice to kind of go out and making the final and um yeah, it was for me, it made it kind of almost a success to go out that way. Like we made it all the way as far as we could in the playoffs. Um, uh, so it was a nice send off, and yeah, glad it happened. Yeah, and and if and if the Chieftains hung jerseys up in the rafters, I'm sure that 26 Smith would be up there. Uh, yeah, they'll have to get it down again just in case. Maybe I'll come back. <laughs> I think everyone will hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it maybe another year, maybe, and then we'll see. Excellent. Jules, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really, really great to chat to you. I think I only met you once or twice, I think, when you were still playing, but it's um you're a lovely fellow. You gave you your awful chance whilst you were there and really glad that you're enjoying your retirement. No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um the podcasts have been great. I've listened to a few of them now, so they've been really good. So thanks uh, for welcoming me onto it. No, that's quite right. So and this is quite all new to me. So I I do listen back to them and I do think they are getting better as well. So it's um it's yeah, certainly nice to hear, hear that feedback. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Nice one. Thank you very much, Jules. All right, mate. Take care. Thank you to Jules Smith for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. It's good to hear he's enjoying his retirement, but still got that fire in his belly to maybe come back and give it another go at some point. Thanks again to Chris Beckett for joining me. Thanks to Harriet Andrews for the Warriors match report. Thanks to all you guys for listening as well. Keep uh, following, sharing, liking, doing all the, that you're doing. Uh, the sign girl at the at the rink as well. I keep seeing the sign up against the glass. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. And we did get a little mention over the uh, the tannoy this weekend as well. I think hopefully there should be something in the program next week to try and spread the word a little bit more as well. But like I say, the, the listening figures that I'm getting are just absolutely brilliant, and I'm so thrilled that you're all uh, that you're all enjoying it. Uh, so next week we have got uh, another another jam packed episode. I'm going to be joined by TJ Fillery next week. And I'm also going to be joined by Mel from Aching Arms UK, which is one of the charities that we're doing our charity night for on December the 18th. So don't miss that. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll see you next time on Zero Pucks Given. This podcast is hosted on Anchor by Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Follow us on social media, Zero Pucks Given Podcast on Instagram, Zero Pucks Pod on Twitter zero pucks given podcast at gmail.com for email the music in this podcast is taken from spotify i do not own the tracks subscribe on spotify to get notifications about all new episodes sports social podcast network